Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. It's got to be something about the Jews themselves, because there are other people around the world who are oppressed. There are other colonized places, not that Israel colonized anything. But why this one place, why does this arouse, especially among young people? I mean, but the young people Farid who hate, hated Trump because he, he wouldn't condemn the people with the tiki torches, talking about Jews rule. You're the ones with the tiki torches I don't think, now. I don't think... To answer your, your question, Bill, because I have also wondered about this, it, what it, the, the, the upsurge of anti-Semitism that you're seeing around the world, and sadly in the United States itself, is in a way the most powerful justification for the state of Israel, right? It feels, it must feel to Jews everywhere that they are not safe that the one place they can be safe is the state of Israel. It is the ultimate justification. Why it happens is, sadly, it is the oldest bigotry known to man. I mean, it comes out of, you know, the Christian ideas about, you know, about Jews killing Christ. But that's Christ not what college kids no, think. No, no, college no, kids it, are not but, hating the But Jew. I think it all, it, what, it, what happens is there's just this, you know, this upsurge. You, you, you have all kinds of different people doing it for all kinds of different reasons. And I, I think it just reminds you that we, I hear people saying, well, we should, you know, ban this kind of speech. And there is now laws in France, for example. I don't know that that's the answer. I think the answer is to educate people to understand this is, this is gross, ancient bigotry that civilized people shouldn't. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 5th of November, year of our Lord, 2023. And that is Farik Zakari saying, yeah, the anti-Semitism, it's, it's about you Christians. Which fulfills my, you know my thing. It's always about Christians, white people, white women. It's, that, it's never the anti-Semitic Arabs running around our country that Obama and company let in that are literally fucking terrorists. So today we're going to have a little bit, but we got to start up. And we had a lot of insurrection this week. Secretary of State Tony Blinken is beginning his remarks. Let's listen. To testify before you today. Children of Gaza! Save the children of Gaza! 
recognize that people feel very passionately, but I ask that we have order in this hearing room and respect our speakers. We will move forward with the hearing uh, and allow the people here and the American people to hear from their witnesses. Senator Blinken. Thank you, Chair. Uh, two and a half years ago, our adversaries assessed that the United States was becoming permanently divided at home, alienated from our allies and partners around the world. Working together, we've demonstrated that America's resilience, its strength, and leadership in the world remain unmatched. We've made historic investments in the source of America's strength at home, our democracy, our infrastructure, our economic and technological competitiveness. We've invested in the modernization of our military, and we've invested in our greatest strategic asset abroad, our network of allies and partners, which is growing larger, stronger, more united, and more capable than ever. We're standing up for our interests and values, not shrinking back, not in the face of Russia's aggression against Ukraine, not in the face of an intensifying strategic competition in the Indo-Pacific and around the world. If the witness will suspend, and I ask that everyone again respect this hearing, we will suspend until the room is cleared. As I said, we're standing up for our interests and values, not shrinking back, not in the face of Russia's aggression against Ukraine, not in the face of intensifying strategic competition in the Indo-Pacific and around the world, not in the face of terrorism and its state sponsors. And America does not stand alone. We built extraordinary coalitions with friends who carry their share of the burden, which I'm happy to come back to. Our adversaries and competitors alike recognize that our strategies are working, and they continue to do everything they can to disrupt us. We now stand at a moment where many are again making the bet that we're too divided or too distracted at home to stay the course. That's what's at stake with President Biden's National Security Supplemental Funding Request. The President's request would secure the urgent resources that we need to continue to lead. Secretary Austin and I believe it important for us to be here together today because in this mission, as in so much that we do to advance America's national security, our defense, our di diplomacy, our development must work hand in hand. Committee will suspend. And again, I, I appreciate that people feel passionately about these issues. I would ask that you respect our witnesses and our committee members and allow the American people to hear their testimony. We will pause until the room is clear. 3,500 kids dead. Come on, I'm an Army colonel. I'm a former diplomat. I resigned on that war in Iraq that you talked about. That was a terrible thing, and what we're doing right now in supporting Israel's genocide of Gaza is a terrible thing, too. Stop Thank you, Secretary Blinken. If you can continue, please. Thank you, Chair. Uh, the President's funding request has four key elements. First, it provides for our enduring support to Israel and Ukraine two democracies under brutal assault by actors determined to wipe their nations off the map. It will ensure that Israel can continue to defend its people by building on the diplomatic, security, and intelligence support that the United States has surged 
since Hamas's appalling slaughter. I know that several... Committee will suspend, and I again ask that those in the audience respect the people in the room and allow us to continue the hearing. The hearing will suspend until the uh, disruption is removed. Thank you, Secretary Blinken. If you can continue, please. So I was saying, I know that several committee members have traveled to Israel over the last three weeks. They've heard directly from Israeli officials what they need to defend their people and prevent another attack like this one. And that's exactly what the supplemental provides, with $3.7 billion for security needs, including to help Israel bolster its air and missile defense systems. The supplemental also requests additional authority to draw down DOD stocks and enhances the security of our embassy. As President Biden has made clear from the outset, while Israel has the right, indeed it has the obligation, to defend itself, the way it does so matters. In our discussions with the Israeli government, the President and I have both stressed the need for Israel to operate by the rule of the Committee will suspend. Protests erupting during a hearing on Capitol Hill today. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin shouted down while making the case for billions in federal aid to help Israel and Ukraine. And to another unsettling scene on Capitol Hill, the protests disrupting a key hearing on defending Israel. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin were shouted down while making the case for billions in federal aid to help Israel defend itself to help with humanitarian aid for Palestinian civilians and to help aid Ukraine as well. They came to Capitol Hill asking for emergency funding to support Israel's war against Hamas. But within moments, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin shouted down by dozens of protesters. Allow us to continue the hearing. The American people don't want to support this brutal war. With their hands raised, covered in red paint, they called for an end to the war. At another hearing, anti-war protesters, their hands painted red, removed by police. 3,500 kids dead. Also on the Hill, anti-war protesters interrupting a hearing as the secretaries of state and defense were pushing the White House plan to spend $105 billion in emergency support for Israel, Ukraine, and other national security threats. That funding dividing House and Senate Republicans. Not in the face of an intensifying strategic competition in the Indo On Capitol Hill, protesters interrupted a hearing about President Biden's request for more than $100 billion in aid for Israel, Ukraine, border security, and Indo Pacific nations like Taiwan. And despite six interruptions from protesters calling for a ceasefire, Secretaries Austin and Blinken made their plea to a divided Congress and argued. I know it's a little long, but it's de you know it's been stripped down in any other forum because they're protecting the left. Just watch the show by Pelosi's um, neighbor. Um, did I get that? The insurrectionist next door. 
Now, I don't remember because I'm a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> I don't watch my my podcasts or even listen to them. Um, I'm so into music now. All I do is listen to music every morning, um, which is kind of weird. I'm so into Thrice. It's just fucking bizarre. But um, I watched this this documentary. I'm going to play it after you see. You're going to have a bump, and then you're going to have um, a professor. And that professor... Mm, where are we at? Columbia? Shit, I don't remember. It doesn't really fucking matter. This is a professor. And he is assaulting a fucking student. So after seeing what you saw, which was in the Capitol, we broke into one of the buildings. You're not supposed to be there. We had it the other day. And, oh, we got insurrection number three coming up in a bit. Tell me, why are these people not going to jail? Because you hear some of the reasons why these people go to jail. And it's just very short trailer. Exit. 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 Don't grab me. We're not hit my neck. Don't touch my neck. Exit. Behind you. Don't grab me. Exit. 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 I live here. Exit. Exit. You're grabbing me. It's no not grab. grabbing you. It's What's that? What's that? Walked right in. January 6th really activated you. Yeah. What 
what was it inside of you that made you think, I'm going to go inside the Capitol? I've been on the road meeting some of the Jan Sixers who were sent to jail for what they did that day. Did you go to the Capitol to assassinate my mother? No. You're rocking your MAGA tattoo and your Trump socks. There we go. I can see you're taking the sentencing very seriously. You're the first January Sixer to walk in and take a felony charge. It was a peaceful protest. It was hijacked. Johnny, what if you're wrong about everything? I've been wrong before. Do you feel like you were a little brainwashed by President Trump? I feel so remorseful for what I did that day. The left says that you're domestic terrorists. The right says you're all just tourists. But the United States government thinks you're all insurrectionists. So I want to know, what, what's the difference? We hunted fuckers down all over the fucking planet for non-violent trespassing. So how, why are, none of those people are going to be arrested. And if they are, the charges will be, they'll be dropped. Because once again, same team. It's okay. Nothing wrong. Kirby, White House won't classify anti-Semitic threats as domestic terrorism. White House indicates people making violent anti-Semitic threats, not classified. But... Mega was. Remember. Well, fuck, I'm playing it. Remember this. We kicked grandma's door. We kicked grandma's door. We fucking kicked in everybody's fucking door. They did flashbangs for people who were just sitting there. They were all treated like domestic terrorists. Scoop from the amazingly talented Tag Otia are posters of Israeli hostages creating awareness or baiting people into getting canceled. Replies, man, those kidnapped kids were really asking for it. The Jews are now being blamed for putting up posters of civilian hostages, thus baiting people into revealing themselves as fucking anti-Semites. That's a journalist too, by the way. I'm sorry, Harvard Law was a professor. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's one of the good people. You're the piece of shit, just remember that. Him good, this fucker. Look at that guy. It's like a fucking suicide bomber. And by the way, I've seen him. Noam Bloom explains them. Excuse me, I'm eating lunch simultaneously. The mindsets. Tearing down hostage poachers motivated by the same mindset that shouts down speakers at colleges. It's what you do when you're small-minded, too intellectually feeble to defend your position and terrified that you might see or hear something that'll make you re-examine yourself. Prasheep Shakur. It's a form of fascism. That's all it is. These people are the fascists. And once again, if the shoe was on the other foot, the shoe was on the other foot, all this motherfucking shit would be called anti-Semitic.
That was in good old Washington, D.C. From the river to the sea, kill all the Jews. That's so nice. Here's Shitberg. She's serious on this, too. It's an aspirational call for freedom, human rights, peaceful coexistence, not death, destruction, and hate. My work in advocacy is always centered on justice and dignity for all people, regardless of religion. Oh! Oh! Get the fuck out of here! Get the fuck out of here! Out of here! You're a monster. It's my favorite fucking reply. Because it's so goddamn true. And then she literally posted a video about the play. Uh, Michigan Democrats are like, we're done with you. Uh, this is not how Jews view the phrase, the river to sea. This is not how Hamas views the phrase. Hamas views the rallying cry. Senator Jeremy Moss, I am one of 7 million Jews living in the U.S. All of my great-grandparents fled program, pro, pogroms, violent expulsions of Jews from Eastern Europe. One of my great-grandfathers came to Detroit through Canada, leaving behind siblings who were later shot dead by Nazis. And then there's just shitload of fucking people back to back to back going, what the fuck, Cory Bush? I want. I was sent to Congress to save lives. I was not sent to Congress to buy bombs that kill innocent. It, that, yeah, no. Presley, because you know they're all in it. Washington Post: Children account for two out of every five civilian deaths, coming from Hamas, who put them there so they could die. With children account for two out of every five civilian deaths, Gaza has become a graveyard. Palestinian children, babies are buried under mountains of rubble. Israel must stop. Everybody's like, where's the source? Show me facts. Here's fucking idiot AOC. Think about how frequently Congress raises the prospect of publicly disciplining only two Muslim women here today considered censure. And compare that to the ease in which representatives unfurl bigotry on the House floor. Matt, I think when we look at this as a whole, I would encourage the other side to not so lightly throw around the idea of innocent Palestinian civilians. I don't think we would so lightly throw around the term innocent Nazi civilians. Because He's right. They're happy. They're telling their sons they're great fuckers. You're all great fuckers. Omar. IAPAC literally ran ads with my face next to Hamas rockets resulting in a string of threats against my life. When Democratic leaders should call them out, they refused to apologize and kept the ads up. What they are doing is insulting and Islamophobic. You cannot claim to be blah, 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 you are. You are part of that. It's these are just fucking facts. So this is what Talib played, and I'm playing a three-minute soundbite by the dear ruler of the Democratic Party. The guy's still in charge, Barack. Hussein Obama. We stand with Israel.
president, the American people are not with you on this one. Innocent civilians are going to be hurt going forward. I wish I could tell you something different. I wish that that wasn't going to happen, uh, but it is, it is going to happen. I want to thank President Biden for his unequivocal support. We will remember in 2024. If there's any chance of us being able to act constructively to do something, it will require an admission of complexity and maintaining what on the surface may seem contradictory ideas, that, that what Hamas did was horrific and there's no justification for it. And what is also true is that the occupation and what's happening to Palestinians is, is unbearable. And what is also true is that there is a history of the Jewish people that may be dismissed unless your grandparents or your great-grandparents or your uncle or your aunt tell you stories about the madness of anti-Semitism. And what is true is that there are people right now who are dying who have nothing to do with what Hamas did. And what is true, right? I mean, we can go on for a while. And the problem with the social media and trying to TikTok activism and trying to debate this on that is you can't speak the truth. You can pretend to speak the truth. You can speak one side of the truth. And in some cases, you can try to maintain your moral innocence, but that won't solve the problem. And so if you want to solve the problem, then you have to take in the whole truth. And you then have to admit nobody's hands are clean, that all of us are complicit to some degree. I look at this and I think back, what could I have done during my presidency to move this forward as hard as I tried? I've got the scars to prove it. But there's a part of me that's still saying, well, was there something else I could have done? That's the conversation we should be having. Not just looking backwards, but looking forward. And, and that can't happen if we are confining ourselves to our outrage. I would rather see you out there talking to people, including people who you disagree with. If you genuinely want to change this, then you've got to figure out how to speak to somebody on the other side and listen to them and understand what they are talking about and not, and not dismiss it.
because you can't save that child without their help. Not in this situation. Once again, this all started with him. When you take everything and you make it them othering, which we say is horrible for races, we say it's horrible for everything, but we don't do it for fellow Americans. This is what you get. Breaking, 20-year-old Palestinian man in the U.S. illegally has been arrested and charged possession of a firearm by a prohibited person after he was in direct contact with others who shared a radical mindset and was training with weapons to possibly commit an attack. An illegal alien. Isn't that a kawinky dink Isn't that a kawinky dink And now my question is, because we've come to the part of the program where we have to show our third insurrection in like five days... Are these people going to go to jail? How many of these people are illegal? And how many of them are in possession of firearms, explosives? Who the fuck knows? Because you're just letting them in the south border because we're woke. And pretty soon, things are going to get broke. Okay, so uh, what's that about? Hmm? What's that about? Is that okay? Nobody has a problem with that? Trying to break in? Really? That That's okay. We don't have any problem with that. We're, we're not going to lose our shit? Hmm? Hey, here... To show you, it's it's so crazy. Here's uh, two videos back to back. Here's a guy that went under cover at one of these protests, and John Kirby. Um, with a reporter saying 160 people died of his, just his family. Joseph Bolanos is a New Yorker who went to Washington, D.C. on January 6th, but never went inside the Capitol. The FBI came to get you at your mom's apartment. They simultaneously went to your apartment. Yes, sir. So I had a regular doorbell camera, and you could see in the sequence that an FBI agent comes up, so he put a sticker over the lens of the ring camera. What he didn't know is that the peephole on the door was also a camera. If you have a legal search warrant, and you're walking into a property, why are they neutralizing the cameras? Police, start it! It looked like a herd of cattle went right through the apartment. Police state, are you next? 
thousands of uh, Palestinian civilians have fallen so far, including 160 of my own relatives. And I'm just wondering, how many Palestinian civilians need to be killed before the United States call for a ceasefire? First of all, my condolences to you and your family. Are you in touch with some? Well, that, that are not still, as much as I can. Not as much as you'd like to be, yeah. But uh, I'm very sorry to hear that. Uh, I'm very sorry to hear that. And so I can see this is obviously personal for you. I can tell you it's personal for the president, too. We don't want to see any more civilian casualties. So in terms of a ceasefire, um, our concern with that is that Hamas benefits to the, to the tune of being able to refit, renew themselves, plan and execute uh, additional attacks. Um, and as I said yesterday, right now is, is not the time for a general ceasefire. It is, however, the time to consider pauses in the fighting long enough so that folks like your relatives and family members can get this incredibly needed humanitarian assistance and perhaps a, a, a way to get out if they want to get out. So we're, we're supporting that and we'll see what we can do. But again, my, my deepest condolences. Statistically, I don't think that's a possibility, but you know, what are you going to do? FBI warns a terrorist attack in U.S. while KGP triples down on disarming law-abiding citizens. So this was all simultaneously. Need to take guns away because the guy shot people in Maine. I didn't even cover it. But now they're doing a public service announcement. I mean, it's coming. It's coming. Anyway, anyway you cut it. All right? But we're, we're, we're not doing anything. We're just not doing anything. So I, I, I think I just played the wrong thing, didn't I? No, this is the undercover. No. Yeah, I did. I played the wrong thing. That's a J6. Well, it works well together. Sorry, I fucked that up. It was mislabeled. Um, that's a J6 guy. It's another one of those people that, you know, went to J6, didn't go in the building, but they're going to get, like, long time, right? Long time in jail. Long time. We love you long time. Big time, long time. You likey. So... This was supposed to be the undercover. Doing a, a quick petition to help Hamas free Palestine. Uh, you're all in? Mm -hmm. all right. Oh yeah, you're in? Easy. I just have to read terms and conditions just so okay. you, know, you know what you're signing. Okay. By supporting Hamas freeing Palestine, you agree to the following. You agree that every Jew, Christian, and non-Muslim in the world must be slaughtered? I don't know about that one. You endorse making homosexuality punishable by jail or death? Oh, no, no, You don't agree with that? You believe Iran should use Palestinians as puppets to spread radical jihad and destroy the West? No? No. I'm glad I read the terms yeah. and agreements. You support strict Sharia law, which bans women from showing their knees, hair, playing sports in public, not being able to travel without a man's permission. I'm sorry, yeah. Not interested? Oh, okay. You want a terrorist group that beheads babies and rapes girls to replace only democracy in the Middle East? Not sure that's something to support. So if I sign, I agree with this. Yes. Maybe no. No? Okay. Well, no. Thank you. No. I don't support any of these two things that you just read to me, so okay. then I won't be able to sign this then. That's fair. Yeah, thanks for not signing. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, that's nice. Mm-hmm. These are, these are who they're defending, man. Same time, 
November 2nd. Megan, Christian nationalism, bigger threat to America than a mosque could ever be. Salon, yeah, they sent it. They hit send. Biggest threat. Replies, as a trained terrorism analyst who has coded tens of thousands of cases, I can assure the American public this is complete utter bullshit. Hey, isn't that the reporter from Rolling Stone that got his press pass revoked? Oh, Brian Karam. Oh, okay. He's just a full-fledged lip. He's a full-fledged lip. So, uh, you know, we're in the wrong track. 30% think we're doing good. Those are the fucking people that Biden could literally kill somebody and be all right. We got in Britain, you can't fly the flag. That's coming here soon because they fucking hate the goddamn flying. How about this? Do you remember a whole thing about a kid doing the circle game? You know, I used to do it. You put the finger through the hole, you get to punch the guy. If not, he punches you. Matt, double, 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 double. Um, that was a Nazi symbol. We spent a whole fucking month on that shit. New York Times lends voice to anti-Semitic poster vandals own form of protest. It's freedom of speech, motherfucker. It's not that they're censoring people trying to find their goddamn family who are most likely butchered at the hands of fucking really bad people. Some evil, evil doers. No, we, we don't care about that because, you know, why would we? That, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. October. Big tech went fucking bonkers. Meta Facebook Instagram target pro-Israel posts exposing Hamas atrocities. Took all that shit down. YouTube admits mistake over censoring video center Marco Rubio Hamas atrocity. Big Tech continues to interface to 24, uh, interfere in 2024 election by censoring Biden's opponents. Censor track 6,000. Instagram slapped a fact check and filter on posts about the border crisis. Elon Musk adds demonization to any post censoring community notes. Professor Columbia, the chancellor, get over it. Learn some basic self-defense. You Jews just suck it. Polls. Jews are genocidal, 54.8. That was the poll. That's what kids thought. Because, you know, they don't know any better. The president would veto any bill that just gives money to Israel. Not Hamas. Hamas wants to take over fucking Remembrance Day, which is the day we remember Jews were slaughtered in the Holocaust. Is it me? Anybody? Is it me? Vice. Neo-Nazis. The U.S. are trying to hijack and subvert the message of the pro-Palestinian movement and use it as a vehicle to push anti-Jewish conspiracies and tropes into the mainstream. Story here. No, 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 no. Every time their side fucks up, this is the bullshit we get. So, we're going to pill do... You know, I'm going to move this. Let's do this. I'll put this here. I'm going to... Put this here, and then we're going to, uh, what we got here? Okay, that's the craziness. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, we got more crazy. Okay, so yeah, I'm gonna move some stuff around. But we're gonna start playing some stuff. So the first one is a Jewish student. Here's what happened when a Jewish man went undercover at a free Palestinian rally. Wasn't good. Let's turn now to the so-called anti, uh, excuse me, pro-Palestinian marches. Uh, I call them pro-Hamas marches, pro-Hamas Nazi marches, because when you scratch the surface of what the so-called pro-Palestinian crowd wants, it's the elimination of the Jewish state on this planet. How many Muslim countries are there, Muslim states, where, where Muslim is the dominant religion and part of the of the of the cultural makeup of that country there's like there's like 20 or 30 just in the middle east right there's one country on the planet that is a jewish state and that's one too many for the people who are marching in our streets right now and and to prove it a a jewish journalist went undercover and started talking you know look at him he's got the mask on he's got right he looks like a pro-Palestinian protester. So he started talking to them when their guard was down. Look what he learned. I'm a Jew going undercover at a free Palestine rally. I'll see what the real hey, How would you describe a Jew? They're, they're double. Who's at fault? The Jews. The Jews. Always been a problem. So if they do take Palestine, where do the 12 million Jews go? Go to hell. Yeah, that's the literal slogan. Free, free Palestine! Free, free Palestine! Okay, if we free Palestine, where do the Jews go? Hey, go back to Brooklyn! Shut up, Kanye. He was right. Yo, yo, How do I know that you are? That I'm not a Jew. Get the f out of my face. Get out of my face. The Hamas put the action they've taken. It's not a terrorist attack. I am queer for Palestine. Yes. What do you think about the argument when people are saying in Gaza they kill gay people? It's very unsafe to be queer here too. If you, but they're not actually killing gay people for being gay by law, right? The way it is in Gaza. But why do we keep going back to like? Gaza. Why is there such a basis for them to have a homeland? Nobody else has a homeland. Where are you from, if you don't mind me asking? My family's from Afghanistan. In, in Afghanistan, by the way, so that's a Muslim country, right? Predominantly, yes. So would you consider that your homeland? Yes, so I guess I do have a claim over that, but you can't claim Israel. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you know, it's easy to just write those people off as stupid and ignorant, which they are. Um, but they're also using their ignorance to push this agenda and this message that apparently, if you've got an advanced degree from a liberal arts college, is supposed to be high-minded and intellectual. Oh, it's such a complex situation over there. Uh, this fundamental discussion that you just saw uh, fleshed out, they have no right to a homeland. Really? <laughs> Do you have a right to a homeland? Well, yes, but I'm different. Are you? Uh, I want I want to I want to help you with this if you're engaged in a debate with somebody on your Facebook page or maybe with uh, your liberal brother-in-law about this and they say well you know Israel was just a construct 1948 they just carved this out uh, western nations did it to help colonize that area but they have no right to exist they didn't have any history well first of all clearly there's a historical origin there uh, I've read the book I know how it ends um, but but even if if you want to stipulate, say, oh, yeah, OK, 1948. Yeah, just say this. Um, imagine a country that was just created that didn't exist before in 1948 that the U.N. recognized. And the only reason that it was created was to protect a, a group of, of religious individuals who all identify with the same religion. 
and and they got their own nation state for that religion. Do they have a right to exist? And they're like, well, obviously you're talking about Israel. So obviously, no, they don't have a right to exist. And then you can say, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I wasn't talking about Israel. I was talking about Pakistan. Because Pakistan was a construct. Pakistan was created. Pakistan was part of India. But there was a lot of hostilities between Hindus and Muslims. Oh, and believe it or not, I know this sounds strange, and I don't want to show up on Kamala Harris's uh, anti-free speech coalition there looking after Muslim hate speech, but check your history. The tensions between Muslims in India and the Hindu in India turned into a whole lot of terror attacks against Hindus, not pointing fingers about who was causing the terror attacks or anything. But the solution was to give the Muslims over there in that region their own nation state with their own borders. Same thing that happened for Israel. For some reason, no one's calling for the removal of Pakistan from the map. There's only one country that needs to be removed. It happens to be the Jewish state. But no, there's no anti-Semitism there. None at all. Yeah, they seem like great fucking people. So um, I've brought it down to low roar because we've been covering this for podcasts after podcast. But the, here's the worst of the worst of the media jerk off. I mean, these people would literally just say whatever the fuck Hamas said. It doesn't really fucking matter. They don't do any journalism. They can't even go into fucking Palestine because if they did, they get fucking raped and shot. But yeah, media is still on their side. Miami politics, the media jerk-off of the week. So hot. From the river to the sea. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Heard in many campus protests, has become a lightning rod. Free Palestine is when... Palestinians can live with food, water, electricity, have the equal rights that all humans deserve. You're completely ignoring the fact that people chanting that have lost all their family members, have had neighborhoods wiped out. Many Jewish student leaders see the chant as a threat, a call for Jewish genocide in Israel. From the river to the sea, the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, Palestine will be free. Free of what? Free from who? What will happen to the people who live there? That to me sounds like a call for genocide or an ethnic cleansing, and that really does terrify me, honestly. Chanting slogans of from the river to the sea and intifada, right, is never going to invite a conversation with Jewish students of, hey, look at me, I'm also experiencing suffering as a result of the events in Israel. What from the river to the sea means is that Palestinians will live freely in that region away from settler violence. That's not calling for the extermination of Jewish people. This weaponization, it works two ways. I mean, I don't hear people talking about Israeli violence pre, pre-October 7th. I'm not hearing it. If the term makes you... Danger! 
Vigorous debate and protests have erupted on college campuses since the Israel-Hamas war began. All of it comes as tensions are rising across the country. The Biden administration is vowing to fight a sharp rise in anti-Semitic and Islamophobic incidents. Similar to reports of anti-Semitic incidents, which have skyrocketed in recent weeks, the Council on American-Islamic Relations says it's seen a large uptick, noting many more often go unreported. Overall, there is a sense of anxiety, uneasiness, our community is on edge. As the incidents of violent threats soar, many are just hoping for a common understanding. Let's focus now on the tensions flaring over the war across this country. Protests on both sides have shut down highways and taken over train stations. And there continues to be disturbing incidents of anti-Semitism on college campuses. Campus here will be unusually quiet for what's supposed to be a restorative day for students after several tumultuous weeks, including a student's arrest for allegedly making graphic anti-Semitic remarks. Coast to coast, the tenor on college campuses has been increasingly volatile and tense. I've heard from students here on both sides of the issue who are fearful of potential fallout for merely speaking out. As the war in the Middle East escalates each day, the conflict thousands of miles away has become a flashpoint on college campuses here in the U.S., prompting outrage and fear from students on both sides of the issue. With reports of discrimination rising, universities are trying to stop the surge. Columbia University announcing a task force on student safety after officials there say trucks have circled the campus, displaying and publicizing the names and photos of Arab, Muslim, and Palestinian students. Malak Abu Hashem, who attends Cornell and has family in Gaza, says she's experienced something similar. Is there any part of you that's fearful and even sitting down in this interview on camera with me today? I'm, I'm very, very afraid of actually. Um... So that was uh, CNI and giving both sidesism. Um, I'm not going to cover this one as uh, Orlando Sentinel tells they literally just make shit up and put it in the op-eds uh cbs calls campus anti-semitism vigorous debate it's a debate kill the jews that's a debate i guess we're debating really today goes hard on treating anti-semitism islamophobia is equally pervasive that is horseshit and I break out the numbers, but go watch Shapiro. Jesus Christ, there's no truth to prove any of that fucking shit. They're making it up. It's just all made up. I don't know how they can do this over and over and over, but they do. Lastly, uh, my wife loves Klug. We watch him on, um, which by the way, we did go for um, premium YouTube, because we watch a lot of YouTube, what the wife does, and you know, there is a lot of shit to watch on there. I'm actually thinking about just shutting off YouTube TV. We don't really watch TV other than the sports. Um, we don't watch anything. But um, he does a lot of those, and he's really respectful. It's really a nice channel if you haven't seen it, because I think it's Brian Klug. Because it's, it's, you know, just asking questions. And people come up and curse him, treat him like shit, the whole nine yards. Um, one of the guys with him is called Billboard Chris. He usually wears a sign that says um, kids can't consent to be sterilized. So he went to um, pro-Hamas ra- Hamas rally and trolled them motherfuckers. Um, this, is, this is some good shit. So uh, here's Billboard Chris. 
know this guy is good. trying to propagate anti-LGBTQ, anti-LGBTQ propaganda. He's trying to tell children that they are not allowed to be trans. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're not. They're not. Suck your mum, bro. No, 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 no. You're black. You're a man, my boy. Stop talking. Stop talking. Let him religion. You can't do that. Yeah, you have to Sterilizing kids that you support. Why do you think we should sterilize kids? Why do you think you have the right to control a child's body? What's a trans body? A child's body. You're child's enforcing body. the parents' control over a person's body. So, are you familiar with the facts about this, about how children are being sterilized? I don't think you're familiar with the facts. Of this. Like you're not. You're not familiar patients. with this. Really? Yeah, your facts, are incorrect. This your facts are incorrect. Your facts are incorrect. Like what? What's incorrect? Children are not being sterilized. Oh, really? So, I'm filming right now, but I could bring up the consent forms that these children signed the gender clinic where it says right on there that puberty blockers and prostate hormones are sterilized. This isn't some secret knowledge. All the trans health experts themselves will tell this to you. It's completely public. I mean, the drug that's used is triptolerin. Triptolerin is the exact same drug used to count the gastrointestinal sex. Back in the 70s, and onwards. Originally, it's about the treatment of sex. I have a question for you. Why do you feel the need to intimidate you? Oh, I was just walking by, and you called me an epic fascist. So I thought you might like to have a conversation. So again, what is fascist about trying to protect children from irreversible harm? That's you are actually causing children to commit suicide with what you are propagating right now. So this is what I hear every time I talk to some mass trans activists like yourself. The only thing they can ever say is that kids are going to kill themselves if we don't mutilate and sterilize them. But there's no data to support that at all. In fact, if you look at the only studies that have ever if you been look done... At, if you look at the rates of trans suicide and trans mental health, for kids who need this life-saving care. Life-saving? Yes, life-saving life care. It's life-saving. How so? Because without it, they would be fucking miserable. They would, and they, and oh, many of them Oh, you just told me a minute ago they were all killing themselves. Many of them do. Many of them do commit suicide. And you've got some data on this, Steve? I don't have it on me at the moment, but I have seen these studies and I have, have read these studies. Yes, I have. Well, maybe you could send them to me later because I've been- I do not want to have any contact with them. Oh, so- you don't actually want to prove any of your points because you actually have no evidence Free for anything. Palestine! Do you know this about half of these kids? to propagate anti-LGBTQ, anti-LGBTQ propaganda. He's trying to tell children that they are not allowed to be trans. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're not. They're not. Okay, you're wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no
religions, you can't do that. Yeah, you have to respect that decision. Three Abrahamic religions. Yeah. LGBTQ. But in some religions, yeah? some religions they accept that. But in all religions, you can't do that. She she like me. And then one comment that I I saw it online and I just froze and thought how amazing is Bill Maher. But why this one place? Why does this arouse, especially among young people? I mean, but the young people who hate, hated Trump because he, he wouldn't condemn the people with the tiki torches, talking about Jews were... You're the ones with the tiki torches I don't think, now. I don't think... They are the people in the tiki torch. They just are. Any way you cut it, they're the fascists. But we don't see that because what's the first thing that happens every time there's an Islamic attack, every time there's some kind of terrorist attack, every time extremist Muslims do their thing, not the normal Muslims, extremists. We get a lecture from Democrats. Our nation was founded on the fundamental principle that all people should have the freedom to live, to worship, and to be without fear of violence or persecution. Every person has the right to live safe from violence, hate, and bigotry. And for those reasons and so many more, President Joe Biden and I have a duty, not only to keep the people of our nation safe, but to condemn unequivocally and forcefully all forms of hate. Since we took office, President Biden and I have fought to uphold that duty. Over the past decade, America has seen a rise in attacks on houses of worship. So in response, we expanded funding to protect houses of worship from violence. After a surge in hate during the pandemic, in particular anti-Asian hate, President Biden signed the COVID-19 Hate Crimes Act to improve the reporting of hate crimes and to ensure hate crimes are investigated quickly and thoroughly. Earlier this year, in response to an historic rise in anti-Semitic attacks, we also released the first national strategy to counter anti-Semitism. And to make clear, taking on hate is a national priority. President Biden and I held the first White House summit to address hate-fueled violence, and we brought together religious leaders, community leaders, and survivors to continue our work to keep all Americans safe. And today, we take another important step forward in our fight against hate. 
For years, Muslims in America and those perceived to be Muslim have endured a disproportionate number of hate-fueled attacks. As a result of the Hamas terrorist attack in Israel and the humanitarian crisis in Gaza, we have seen an uptick in anti-Palestinian, anti-Arab, anti-Semitic, and Islamophobic incidents across America, including the brutal attack of a Palestinian-American woman who is Muslim and the killing of her six-year-old son. A senseless act of violence that the Department of Justice is investigating as a hate crime. For so many people in our nation, the past few days and weeks have brought about all too familiar fears. Fears that they will be targeted, profiled, or attacked simply because of who they are, how they worship, or how they look. And so today, I am proud to announce the Biden-Harris administration will develop our nation's first national strategy to counter Islamophobia. This strategy will be a comprehensive and detailed plan to protect Muslims and those perceived to be Muslim from hate, bigotry, and violence, and to address the concern that some government policies may discriminate against Muslims. For example, the so-called Muslim ban, which President Biden revoked on our first day in office. So here's the bottom line. In America, no one should be made to fight hate alone. And in this moment, then, let us all clearly say, a harm against any one of us is a harm against all of us. A recent CBS poll found that at the beginning of President Biden's term, 70% of young people, people under 30, said he was doing a good job. Mm -hmm. Now it's less than 50%. Why is that? What's going on? If you poll how young people feel about the climate and the warming of our planet, it polls as one of their top concerns. When we talk about what we are doing with student loan debt, polls very high. Uh, the challenge that we have as an administration is we gotta let people know who brung it to them. Mm. <laughs> That's our challenge. But it is not that the work we are doing is not very, very popular with a lot of people. She blames the disconnect in part on lack of media coverage. Still, the vice president herself is not very popular now. Just 41% of adults told CBS News they approve of the job she's doing. About the same for President Biden. We talked to her the day before the carnage in Maine, but she had told us issues like mass shootings are more important than poll numbers. You have a portfolio that includes gun violence, the root cause of migration. Mm -hmm. These are some of the most intractable issues mm -hmm. facing the country. Yeah. We've done some of the most significant gun safety laws in 30 years, but we still need an assault weapons ban. It doesn't have to be this way. There was an assault weapons ban at one time. It expired. Let's renew it. Most Americans say that they don't think you're doing a good job on the border you and the administration. The number of people trying to cross the U.S. southern border is at an all-time high. It's no secret that we have a broken immigration system. Short term, we need a safe, orderly, and humane border policy. And long term, we need to invest in the root causes of migration. But 
the bottom line, Congress needs to act. Come on, participate in the solution instead of political gamesmanship. If politics is a game, Kamala Harris has proven herself to be a savvy player, forging a career that has gone from one first to another. The child of an Indian mother and a Jamaican father, she was the first woman district attorney for San Francisco, the first woman to serve as California's attorney general, the first woman of color elected senator from California, so help me God. and the first woman and woman of color to be elected vice president of the United States. Being in that unique position, being that first, yeah. does that bring added pressure? No doubt. No doubt. You know, my mother, she would say, Kamala, you may be the first to do many things. Make sure you're not the last. And among the responsibilities that I carry and maybe impose on myself, that is one of them. So this was... She showed us around the vice president's ceremonial office. I brought in this bust of Thurgood Marshall. Uh-huh. And I always have him over my right shoulder in the drawer here. The desk where previous vice presidents left their signatures. Al Gore, Quayle, Cheney, Harry Truman. Some of these men went on to become president, but Kamala Harris told us she is focused on getting the Biden-Harris ticket re-elected next year. The GOP is using her low poll numbers and President Biden's age as a battering ram, and some Democrats are growing worried. We were talking to some Democratic donors, mm -hmm. and they have told us that should something befall President Biden, and he is not able to run, mm -hmm. that there would be a free-for-all for who would run as president. You are in the spot that that would be unnatural for you to step up, but we're hearing from donors that they would not naturally fall into line. Why is that? Well. First of all, I'm not going to engage in that hypothetical because Joe Biden is very much alive and running for re-election. So but you do are. know, I mean, that is a concern and, and a legitimate concern, I would say. I hear from a lot of different people a lot of different things. But let me just tell you, I'm focused on the job. I truly am. Our democracy is on the line, Bill. And I frankly, in my head do not have time for parlor games when we have a president who is running for re-election. That's it. From AI-enabled cyber attacks at a scale beyond anything we've seen before, to AI-formulated bioweapons that could endanger the lives of millions of people. These threats are often referred to as the existential threats of AI, because of course they could endanger the very existence of humanity. These threats without question are profound and they demand global action. But let us be clear, there are additional threats that also demand our action. Threats that are currently causing harm and which to many people also feel existential. Consider, for example, when a senior is kicked off his health care plan because of a faulty AI algorithm. Is that not existential for him? When a woman is threatened by an abusive partner with explicit deep fake photographs, 
Is that not existential for her? When a young father is wrongfully imprisoned because of biased AI facial recognition, is that not existential for his family? And when people around the world cannot discern fact from fiction because of a flood of AI-enabled mis- and disinformation, I ask, is that not existential for democracy? Accordingly, to define AI safety, I offer that we must consider and address the full spectrum of AI risk, threats to humanity as a whole, as well as threats to individuals, communities, to our institutions, and to our most vulnerable populations. We must... Yeah, yeah, that was a little homage pause. You got a... Uh... Kamala talking about that, an interview that is just fucking unacceptable on 60 Minutes. I played the whole fucking thing because nobody's going to watch it. Um, and then another one about censorship because, you know, they're down with that. But first thing to run through is that. Even though in our country, this guy right here, he was going to kill the Jews. That's what he wanted to do. Kill the Jews. Nope. It's about Islamophobia. What Islamophobia? Do you have any examples, maybe? Norm MacDonald nailed it. That's, that's what they do every time. It doesn't matter how bad it is. And mayor of London, same thing. Biden, huge statement. It's always what they do. They, they can't help themselves. While her daughter... Raised eight million for Gaza on her Instagram. Just like Mama. It's it's what they do. All right, we're going to do some quick stuff before we go to. I have so much crap in here. Uh, oh God, bless America. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right, I'm gonna do a TikTok and stop while I get this ready. Okay, so let's do some fun stuff. This is all Biden crap. Study reveals real cost of charging an electric vehicle equals a $17.33 a gallon rating. 
Is anybody surprised by that? Residential electric cost, $121. Additional charging and metering cost, $1.38. Federal and state buyer tax, $272. Avoid charging infrastructure cost, $0.40. Cents. Interment- incremental generation, transmission, and distribution costs, $3. California and other state mandate and credits, $1.41 offset, $1.01 in Ohio, and $5.96 corporate average fuel economy CAPE credits. True cost, $17.33. We say it all the time, but nobody believes it. Number of illegals who've invaded under Biden is longer than 38 states. Only California, Texas, Florida, New York, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Ohio, Georgia, North Carolina, Michigan, New Jersey, and Virginia have more residents than the now 8 million illegals in Godaways. Seventy percent of Mike Bashir's releases during COVID have all from uh, prison have all gone back to do crime. It was overcrowding, they said, and because they're African American, and then they all went out and just yeah shit the bed. AP poll: sixty-eight percent of Americans think Biden did something illegal, so they showed it and buried it. Federal judge says. You can not tear down the wire for the border. So what did they do? They just removed the border. Yeah, we'll make 12 the way it's looking. I mean, Jesus, this guy is just garbage. Biden made green lights, biggest offshore wind farm ever. Guess what? That's where all the dead whales and dolphins are. Biden has quietly allowed Obama to write AI policy, and you know how that's going to work. FBI made Mike Mark Meadows wear a wire, so that was another illegal wiretape under the Trump administration. This one, um, this is fucked up, man. This is just so fucked up. Here's Josh Hawley showing what a department... Homeland Security was posting about Hamas. An employee of the Department of Homeland Security who posted these comments on October the 7th. That's not all she posted. She also posted this graphic. Now, this is a fake graphic, I want to be clear, but I think we understand it. This is a paraglider, a Hamas paraglider, depicted here with a machine gun flying into Israel. 
She posted it under her online alias with the celebratory Free Palestine. Mr. Secretary, what, what's going on here? Is this, is this typical of, of people who work at DHS? This is an asylum and immigration officer who is posting these, frankly, pro-genocidal slogans and images on the day that Israelis are being slaughtered in their beds. What have you done about this? Four things I'd like to say to you. Number one, your question to suggest that it, that is emblematic of the men and women of the Department of Homeland Security is despicable. Number I'm sorry, two, what have you done? This person works for the Department of Homeland Security. Have you fired her? That was one of four answers. Have you fired her? One. Have you fired her? Don't come to this hearing room when Israel has been invaded and Jewish students are barricaded in libraries in this country and cannot be escorted out because they are threatened for their lives, you have employees who are celebrating genocide and you are saying it's despicable for me to ask the question? Mr. Secretary, what, what's going on here? Is this, is this typical of, of people who work at DHS? This is an asylum and immigration officer who is posting these, frankly, pro-genocidal slogans and images on the day that Israelis are being slaughtered in their beds. What have you done about this? Four things I'd like to say to you. Number one, your question to suggest that it, that is emblematic of the men and women of the Department of Homeland Security is despicable. Number I'm sorry, what have you, this person works for the Department of Homeland Security. Have you fired her? That was one of four answers. Have you fired her? One. Have you fired her? Don't come to this hearing room when Israel has been invaded and Jewish students are barricaded in libraries in this country and cannot be escorted out because they are threatened for their lives, you have employees who are celebrating genocide and you are saying it's despicable for me to ask the question? Has she been fired? Mr. Chairman. Mr. Secretary. After um, the consumption of Senator Hawley's time, I'd like to speak. Has she been fired? I bet you as sure as I'm a bald old fat fuck, that shit wouldn't fly if he was posting Christianity or posting fucking kids shouldn't be gelded, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then CNN, this is a classic one. This is from 2020. And that's our parting shot on politics. We go to our lighter fare where we're going to start with Matt Best 11X. Can't believe we missed this ballot. I don't know if I played it, so I'm playing it because I've been watching a lot of his shit. And then a kid going trick-or-treating as Biden. This is in 2020 while they were saying it's the most secure election ever. You could see somebody actually stuffing a ballot box. Which equates to why we had 81 million votes. See on the other side of lighter fare, we start our This Is America. I'm just going to let it play straight through. It's Adam Kinziger making the rounds. Yeah. I guarantee a voted out of office, oh, quit because they were going to be voted out of office, Republican wouldn't be making the rounds. You can see this woman right here casting her vote. Did you vote for Reagan or Jimmy Carter? Carter. 
Carter. Okay. We don't want to get too personal with people here, but you can see there's actually a traffic. <laughs> Wishing I was back with 
the boys. Oh, what's up, guys? Hope you enjoyed the video. That one was a blast to make, dude. You know, a lot more to come after this. Yeah, that one. yeah. One of my favorite projects we've worked on. Anyways, check it out. It's on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, pre pretty much everywhere. And if you didn't know, my book. Thank you for my service. It's on pre-order right now. Make sure you check it out. It's a book about my whole entire life, how I got here. It's exciting. And also check out blackriflecoffee.com. Join the coffee club. It's the coolest thing ever. Good afternoon. Good evening, sir. Oh, no, 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 do not smell that. Sorry. <laughs> Good afternoon. It's evening, sir. How are you? Oh, no, 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 do not smell me! <laughs> Okay, I, I fucked up. I forgot I had some more lighter fare. This is some funny-ass shit. Florida man was sighted this week after driving a truck painted like a Border Patrol vehicle, but it said Booty Patrol. I'm just going to let that sit for a while. What the? What the fuck? And to the kid, um, Dennis, I can't see this. Secret Service, how do you America? The left is just pissed. I'm not going to read them. Fuck them. That's funny. That kid is just, God damn, that's funny. Falling down. I mean, he's just fucking like him. So um, now we're going to Kinziger. PBS. Denounce undemocratic GOP Amanpur. Are you pro-democracy or against it? And then CNN. Uh, is it CNN? No, it's CBS. Uh, Kinziger compares Mike Johnson to the Taliban. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he did this before he went on all of them, making fun of some guy who's still in office, by the way. You guys tried some fake shit. He's still in office. So I want to make sure it's understood. In office. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. In Bible. I pick up Bibles all the time. I, I'm a big fan. It's, yeah. it's a very good book. And <laughs> what, 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 what do you make of the Bible as a legislative uh, tool? The Bible is what 
The Bible is something that, you know, for me, I use it as a guide for my life. I'm a Christian, right? I, the Bible shows me how to live my life. But I think this country was founded on the idea that a representative represents not just people that share his faith or her faith, but people that you represent, 700,000 people that I represented, they all don't believe the same thing I do. I'm not any more of a congressman for a certain set of people than I am for others. And that's what this country was founded on, is the idea that we're going to protect church's existence, but we're not going to be a government based on the church. That's what the Taliban try to have in Afghanistan, is a government that's based simply on a religious focus. We can be people that are spiritual people in government, but recognize that doesn't include any... You know from having spoken with you previously about how you learned of your committee assignment. I wonder if you can share that story. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I kind of had a suspicion once uh, Kevin McCarthy pulled all the Repub other Republican members from the committee that I might be asked. And so I talked to Jamie Raskin, who asked me and, and, and others if I would be willing to serve on the committee. And I said, look, I don't want to do it, but I can't say no. I mean, you know, that's where I'm at. And I wake up one morning and I found out on a Sunday show that Nancy Pelosi had announced me as a new member of the committee and then proceeded to call me and ask me. So I didn't have much of a choice. <laughs> Thankfully, I'd made the decision to do it anyway. But you kind of see how Nancy Pelosi works after a time like that. <laughs> Well, on a serious note, though, you write about the, the criticism that you received after serving on that committee, including a letter you got from a cousin of yours who accused you of treason, a word which for you has deeper resonance given your military experience and your public service. How did that criticism affect you? You said earlier and you said in the book that you still you think there is a way through this. What what is it? Well, look, I, I look at 2028 and I say <clears throat> there's going to be fully new candidates on both sides. There's going to be a chance for new idea, new blood and new energy. I think that when Donald Trump came along, the Republican base wanted to break the system. He didn't necessarily know that, but he was a break the system guy. I think there's a significant amount of America now that maybe doesn't even realize it, that wants to fix the system, that wants to heal, that wants to bring the temperature down. And if you have a Barack Obama for the Democrats or a Ronald Reagan for the Republicans that comes along with an optimistic message, I think that can revolutionize everything. I do think, though, that the Republican Party has to lose more elections and, frankly, has to burn down to save it. Uh, I voted Democratic last election. I'll vote Democratic this coming election because, in my mind, there's only one issue on the ballot. That issue is, do you believe in democracy or do you not believe in democracy? If you don't, I got a party for you. If you do, right now there's only one party that shows a real commitment to democracy. And then our last soundbite of the day. We'll save that for next time. The GOP is doing a MSDNC debate. And I just want to do the Wayback Machine. This is how it went last time. <laughs> When you think about a president, strength is obviously important, but we also sometimes, sometimes look for our leaders to be compassionate, to console us during mm -hmm. national tragedies. We saw President Obama God in Dallas a, a week or so ago. We haven't seen that Donald Trump. Um, is this a man that can cry? Can he emote? Can he, can Very he much so. wrap his arms around the country at times of crisis? And, and those who know him best. Our, you know, ourselves, his kids, his grandkids, his, his very close friends. You hear about it last night. That's the guy that he is. Uh, I think we can talk about that to an extent. I think you'll hear about that from Ivanka tonight. I, I think we want to see it. I, yeah, well, listen, we, we do, but there also comes a time, Lester, where you actually have to 
lay the hammer down. You, you can't talk about everything with, you know, white fluffy pillows and everything's beautiful. That's not the world that we live in. Have it's you ever like, seen him cry? I have. I have. I've seen him be very emotional. I've seen him be very... 2020 vision? Some Democrats who sailed to victory overnight sparked fresh speculation that they're already eyeing the battle ahead. But even some of the candidates who came up short aren't being counted out. Instead, getting buzz as future stars of the Democratic Party, including Beto O'Rourke, who put up a tough fight against incumbent Senator Ted Cruz in Texas. We will see you out there down the road. And Tallahassee Mayor Andrew Gillum, who went down in defeat in his battle for Florida governor. But why, why, why would you go on that network? Why? They don't interview Dems like that. The Dems get all their questions are, the GOP does this. Will you stop them? That's the whole debate. It's um, the soup sandwich. So that wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Share with your family and friends. Go to Flyover Politic with a K. Rumble 482467. Foppodcast at gmail.com. If you want a segment on the show or you want to tell me I fucking suck. To the sports world, my duckies are prime now. They got to play USC next week. A little worried about that one. Because USC usually comes to play when they play the Ducks. Then they have Arizona State and Oregon State. If they can make this trifecta, then they can get back in the championship game and beat um, Washington, hopefully, and go to the CFP because the whole thing's going to pan out. Ohio State's got to play Michigan. Somebody there's going to lose. Alabama's got to play fucking Georgia. Somebody there's going to lose. I mean, eventually this is all going to work out. We can get up in there. Florida State's the only person not playing anybody. So we'll see. My, my Packers suck ass, so I'm not even talking about them anymore. And then my NASCAR guy, he shit the bed, Fred, and had a horrible race, got a speeding penalty, but it wouldn't really matter. Once his engine blew, he was done. He had to win the race, and he, he, he got the pole. But every time he gets the pole, that means you can't drive in traffic. I mean, that's just how it works. Uh, with the next gen, if you win the pole, you're not winning the fucking race. It's just not happening. You'll win a couple stages, but that'll be it. But um, last night, um, very interesting. A guy who got downsized and canned off his cup ride, got sent to Xfinity, won the championship. So odds on he's going to go back to the cup. And there is talk that my guy, Noah Gregson, is going to get back on a cup ride. There's rumors the 10 Smithfield Mobile. Um, I hope so, because NASCAR has not been the same since he quit. I mean, since he's not been playing, I, damn, man, I cannot get into NASCAR. To series, uh, if you haven't watched The Fall of Usher, Midnight Mass, The Midnight Club kind of sucked, and Bly. On Netflix, all those are really good. Now, granted, they're for kids, and there's a copious amount of every UN nationality and a shit fucking ton of gay. You're going to have dudes kissing and a lot of lesbians um, because, you know, it's Netflix. But, you know, if you look past that, they're really good because it was a different type of horror. It um less scare and more human. You know, I thought it was just really, really good. And it, 
each one of those, not to ruin them, had an effect like six cents, where all of a sudden you go, oh, you're shitting me. Um, so it was a really cool way to go through it. Music scene thrice. Um, man, I'm trying. I'm not trying to be hip, but I'm trying to understand things because I don't understand the world anymore. And I, I tried all the Taylor versions of 1989. I guess I don't remember 1989 because I don't know what's the difference. Um, you know, there's a couple good songs. You know, when I was walking, I kind of, yeah, you know, the blank spaces, that stuff. I kind of, I just don't get her music. I don't get any of the pop music, like uh, something Spice Girl looks like a Cabbage Patch. I don't know who she is. Billie Eilish had one good song. I saw it on Saturday Night Live where she rocked, man. It was a really good guitar solo. And she was screaming about a boy. Um, it always just seems like the same thing. Boys suck. They do. Yeah, I get it. I guess if I was a chick, I'd get it to an extent because you created this. You don't want gentlemen anymore. You don't want guys going to open doors. And, you know, that's the thing about the whole Travis Kelsey, that thing that went on for a weekend and somehow it all fell apart. Now we don't hear about it because I think Taylor probably got pissed and he got pissed or I don't know what the fuck happened. Maybe they're not dating. All I know is it's not on TV anymore. I was surprised they didn't get pissed that he did open the door for her. That's what a gentleman does. I mean, you take care of your lady. I don't know. I was really surprised how that went down. But I think it's because all the women that would get offended by it have a boner for him. So much so that we watch, uh, or the wife watches On Patrol, and I, I watch in the background. And I do not know how many dudes are doing the Kelsey. Like the same haircut. It's basically a high fade. Used to wear it in the army. And the porn star mustache. Everybody wants to be a Kelsey now. So I guess he's a good-looking guy. I don't know. I tried the podcast. You know, I, I love the Jason Kelsey. Travis is just too, um, I don't want to say the word, but, you know, he's too hip. Trying, He's trying to be hip too too much. Um, and I don't get into that. I don't like guys like that. It's fucking annoying. Just talk normal. Trying to be all cool and shit. I mean, if you call yourself kill a Trav and you're not killing, that's not your job to kill. I don't get that either I mean my job was to kill I didn't have killer Tony I mean that wasn't how I rolled I guess I went with the salty one I mean that was my nickname I don't get it um, <clears throat> but the odds are still out there for some reason uh, Android won't stop sending me shit even though I don't click on it I just open the cards and I'm looking for stories for the podcast and their odds are going down that the relationship will fail. And the odds are going up that she'll write a new song. I I think she could be a pretty girl, but she just needs to eat. I saw a picture the other day came up. I guess she picked up a bag or some shit. Or maybe it was old. I don't fucking know. I don't follow her. I don't know how you live like that. I could not imagine living where people are updating everything you fucking do. It'd drive me fucking batshit. I'd literally be like, do they really care? Do you think people really care about this? I mean, I know you get paid money to take the photo, but do, do you think people are sitting at home going, I wonder what she's doing? I'm sure there's some perverted old men 
and maybe some young girls, but I don't know about a lot of people that spend all day going, what is she doing? But she's so skinny. It's like, does she eat? I mean, does she ever eat? I really worry about young girls nowadays. Not from the aspect that I look at them like a sex trophy or shit. I'm an old man. I look at them like a father would. You know, you're supposed to have a little hips, supposed to eat a little bit. There's nothing wrong with having a little cute paunch. It's kind of sexy. And you got to have a little ass. I mean, you got to have ass. Everybody likes ass. It's important. You got to sit. When you sit, it's going to hurt if you don't have an ass. I know that now because I don't have an ass. When I got sick, my arms, quads, the killer calves, the one thing my wife always complimented me on, my muscular calves went away and my ass doesn't exist. It just went, it's just like the COVID just ate that ass. That sounded sexual, but you know what I mean? It just went away. Um, so I, I just don't understand these young girls are so skinny. Um, I was in Walmart the other day and this girl turned a corner and she disappeared. She was just a head. And I don't, I don't get it. Um, you know, it seems like we have the two types. We have the Lizzo with too much of dead ass and we have the, we don't have dead ass and, and there's a middle there. You know, you gotta, you gotta have a little, so what women are supposed to look like. They're supposed to have a little, yeah, a little something, something. I don't know. But I, I, my, my quandaries into popular culture are just confusing and that's frustrating because I used to like be cool, but I, you know what, I guess the reality was Things changed a long time ago. I just didn't pay attention. When we went to this whole rap, can music thing, I just kind of stopped paying attention to that, and I stayed in the same music genre um, that I always was in. You know, I still listen to the same stuff. I like guitar riffs and lyrics that say something and are passionate. And depressing, you know, grunge has always been a little depressing, a little, you know, my life sucks. That's kind of the angst. That's always kind of good. Um, so I, I don't get a lot of that stuff. Um, Sirius gave me uh, two months free trying to get me back. And uh, I walked this morning to Hits 1. And I guess it's all the popular music that people listen to right now. And unlike Pandora, you can flip a lot if you restart the show. So I restarted the hour. There wasn't one song. Or none of them. I didn't like any of them. I just kept flitting, hitting next, got to the end. <clears throat> I was down in the low ground because I just did three hours because I wanted to get back and I got the wife out, let her see the telescope. The moon was beautiful, but it was straight up. It was really hard to look at today. Um, so I couldn't even take a photo because like, you couldn't like lock it down. It's not made to go straight up in the air. Um, and I was gonna lose sat anyway, so I went back to Amazon Music. And nothing. It's like everything I would listen to on Sirius is Turbo, which is 90s rock. <laughs> Lithium, 
which is 90s rock, or Octane, new rock. But when I get on Octane, it's a lot of bands that I've never heard of, and it's either screamo, as my kids called it, where they're just screaming, or it's not musically good. Like, there's no hook. There's no guitar riffs that you go, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, it's just kind of... It's just not there. And the screamo, I don't, I've never got that. You know, even Mudvayne, which is about as hard, Slipknot and Mudvayne were as hard as I ever went. There was a hook, there was a chorus that had a tune. You know, there was singing involved. It wasn't just ah, screaming at you. If you look at Disturbed, that guy could sing. So, I mean, he would be screaming and making those uh, uh, sounds, which I thought was kind of annoying. But there was a song there. There was like a hook and a bridge and choruses and it had something that you could hook onto and go, oh yeah, I like that, that's nice. With some good rhythmic guitar with a little solo, it was cool. But that was one of like the first things I noticed. There are no solos. We don't do solos. Other than her, which I do like. Talked about that last podcast. I listened to some of hers. It's a little R&B. But I liked it, man. It was like, she could play a fucking strap, man. It was nice. It was nice to hear somebody like John Mayer, which I know is not macho, but John Mayer could play a fucking guitar. It was good. So, I mean, there was something music there. It's sitting there. I brought it back upstairs with my tuner. And so starting Monday, um, don't worry, there'll be no YouTube channel. Here I'm covering this song. I'm not going to ever be that guy. <clears throat> but I'm going to pull out the guitar and uh, start playing. Because it's been since 2004 is when I put it down. So I figured it would be good for my hands. You know, I, I got really bad tendon problems in all my knuckles from just life. Um, and... uh like this one, it clicks and it doesn't want to track right anymore. <clears throat> but it'll be good for my hands. And I'm just going to plug in a headphone and get my groove on. Play some songs. Tabs free now. You don't have to buy the shit. There's so many tab sites. So I start um, Monday with Thrice Black Honey. And my intention is by the end of the week, I have guitar one down which is just the same thing over and over, but less solos. But Guitar One just getting that rhythm till it's with the song and play it. And then I'll learn Guitar Two um, for the, the bridge and chorus. And then uh, that'll be how I'll play it. I won't do the solo or the... Guitar One goes into some high solos but I like the guitar too it's what I lock on um, the lead singer's guitar <clears throat> and so that's my next thing I'm going to try to get that completely down and then I'm going to try something I never tried which is to play the song and sing I never did that um, I could play most of Soundgarden's and all of Third Eye Blind I play that whole entire album on guitar um, but I never sang um, I don't have a lot of rhythm so 
you got to have some rhythm to be, or at least be able to keep driving on with your hands while you're trying to sing. I don't know how you do that. Um, I, I never tried, so maybe I can. Who knows? So that's my latest little thing. I'm going to try to start playing guitar again, which is stupid and nobody fucking cares, but I figured I'd close the show with something other than politics. So I think we will go. Uh, fucking mouse. Come on, mouse. Thank you, sweet pea. Uh, today's the 5th. Let's go with the 9th. 9 November, year of our Lord, 2023. We're going to do a little uh, military corner specific on that for Veterans Day. Remember some of my buds. And uh, until then, disconnect, disconnect from all your devices. Don't get the yeah yeahs. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. Take care. Every death is a tragedy, y'all. Seven lives.